Hey guys, it's Jared Lemoyes here with episode 19 of American Sports History. In today's podcast, we're going to be talking about some of the racial inequalities African-American sports players faced back then and now. One of the readings for this semester that I thought was pretty interesting was the Playing While White book. Playing While, you know, me being a, a white high school baseball player, you know, in the 21st century, I personally never had any, like, repercussions whenever I would act out or say some things, you know, I may have not have said, you know, and that's one of the first points that he brings up. Like, he's pretty much comparing it to him as well. Like, you know, he didn't know any of these things, you know, before reading it. Like, I never really truly knew the struggles that a lot of these black athletes that were facing while off the field. Because, you know, I only saw them, you know, in the spotlight on TV and stuff. The author, he starts off chapter one by talking about how the white men in sports industries would, the uh, owners would kind of objectify like these athletes, you know, like Kobe and Odell and Richard Sherman, and they would try and pretty much say like, they would pay them all this money and then be like, hey, listen, I paid you. You have to do pretty much what I say, whether you like, like it or not, because I'm the one who pays you at the end of the day. And then, um, you know, they would... They would have to pretty much just listen to them and do what they say. Otherwise, they would get fired. And then a lot of these times with athletes, you know, they would tell these owners, say, hey, listen, I'm done. I'm, I'm leaving. And they, like, they would request trades and stuff. And once they usually request trades, a lot of the times, like, the owners try and, try and like, ruin the rest of their career because they want you to play for them, you know. So they're just going to say, oh, yeah, like, you know. He's a terrible teammate, you know, because they're just they're just jealous because you want they want you to like you want to leave, um, you know. A little bit later in the chapter, you know, he talks about have you ever noticed why like a lot of these white players never really got they never really would get in trouble whenever they would throw their helmet or you know break their bat cause a scene you know they wouldn't get as much backlash as compared to a lot of the black athletes you know we see it all the time you know Odell was you know made fun of you know for kicking the kicking that on the sideline but you know Tom Brady slams his helmet all the time and you know everybody's just like oh you know whatever it's just Tom Brady but if Odell did it which he did you know the media portrays it as a big scene um back then the the dress code there really wasn't really that big of a dress code back then because a lot of the times everybody wore the same style because that's all there was really there wasn't there wasn't as much fashion as there is today and anyways you know once the fashion industry started taking over the sports world you know these owners like hey listen like these guys are getting to do whatever they want like they're they're wearing some stuff like you know oh we don't we don't want them wearing that they're gonna represent a bad image for our organization so they implemented a dress code to try and limit a lot of these athletes from getting their opinions out you know i mean the author you know he brings up a good point he goes how come i can see all these other white coaches and white players you know getting to wear whatever they want but you know my athlete you know he you know he can't wear that you know they bring up and he brings up example, you know, Bill Belichick. Everybody knows Bill Belichick because he wears his raggedy old sleeveless sweatshirts. That's just, you know, people say that's just Bill Belichick's style. You know, nobody has a problem with doing that. You know, he's not being offensive or causing a scene. But on the other hand, if a black athlete wears this kind of clothing, then 
the media will say, hey, you know, he doesn't look professional. He's representing a bad image for the organization. You know, and honestly, in my mind, the organization is just, they're being hypocritical. I mean, reading, you know, a little bit into more into this uh, book, you know, he goes on and talks about some of these NFL quarterbacks like uh, Cam Newton, Russell Wilson, you know, RG3, Robert Griffin. He mentioned these quarterbacks for a reason because, you know, before them, there really wasn't a black star quarterback, you know. It was just primarily just all white quarterbacks because, you know, they seen, like, you know, the black athletes, you know, they could, work, they could run faster and could catch the balls better and were taller than a lot of other white athletes. So they just said, ah, oh, well, you're just going to be running backs and wide receivers. Like, let the white guy, you know, lead the team, you know. And a lot of people recognize, you know, these quarterbacks today to be their MVP-style quarterbacks. They're good, you know. And, um, but the media, if, for example, they mess up, the media is all over them because they are some of the the top only black quarterbacks in the league, you know, they have to represent an image for everybody. And a lot of times when they throw a game losing, you know, interception or they cost their team the game, it's blamed all on them. But if Tom Brayton or Peyton Manning were to throw an interception, you know, on the final drive, you know, it wouldn't be their fault. It would be the team's fault or anybody else's fault, but their own, which it's kind of ridiculous considering the fact that, you know, everybody knows it's a team sport. Um, the next thing, you know, I kind of wanted to talk about was, uh, the Michael Jordan's episode, his documentary episode five. Um, it kind of talked about, you know, his rookie year, you know, how he ended up signing with Nike, even though nobody wanted to sign with Nike, but they offered him so much money, it wouldn't, it would be like a waste not to sign it, because, you know, nobody really pays a rookie $250,000 on their rookie shoe, like on their shoe deal, that's a lot to risk, and I mean, it ended up paying, you know, paying off in the end, you know, and a little bit later in the episode, they talk about um, when Michael Jordan and America went to the Olympics for the, you know, for basketball, and they ended up winning. And one of the deals Reebok had with the Olympics was the American team was gonna have to wear their brand on the stage, getting their medals. And Michael Jordan said no, he didn't want to do that because he felt like he was disrespecting his brand, and he just didn't want to do it. And kind of like you know, kind of like doing like his own movement, you know, he. He wasn't going to wear it at first. And then he said, you know what? I'm going to cover it up. So he covered it up with an American flag and everybody loved it. They were like, this new star rookie was, you know, supporting America and wasn't like, wasn't, was being the perfect image, you know, for America at the time, you know, anyways, that was probably one of like the biggest, like that boosted his career. like, through the roof it's so many interviews and everything everybody loved it um you know while he was you know everybody almost thought you know he was perfect for us you know he did get some backlash whenever um the first uh, african-american democrat was running for the senate you know a lot of people including his mom asked michael you know hey like can you go support like this person like this is the first ever you know and everybody kind of assumed Michael was going to do it, but he said no. 
he said, you know, Republicans wear shoes too. And he felt like he didn't know enough uh, information about that person and everything to get behind them. And he didn't want to get behind a stand that he didn't fully support. Because sometimes if that happens, you know, you can end up ruining your career and everything you worked so, like, hard for, you know. And the last thing that I kind of really wanted to talk about before I uh, wrap things up is uh, in the book The Heritage, you know, they talked about the Cam, or Colin Kaepernick and his movement. You know, Colin Kaepernick, he, he wanted to make a change. He decided he was going to kneel during the national anthem to bring attention to the issue of um, police brutality and primarily, you know, African-Americans, how they get treated towards the police brutality. And back then, you know, people knew it was a big deal, but they didn't know to what extent it was going on. You know, I mean, it wasn't up until recently, you know, when George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and a lot of other African-Americans lost their lives, you know, in such a a poor way that... um people realized like hey this is this is an issue and a lot of these sports athletes decided like hey like this is not right like we're gonna postpone our games and we're not gonna we're not gonna we're not gonna play like this is terrible we we need to change this now and if you don't support it support us in our decision you know we're just not gonna play for you and that really kind of caused like the movements where we're in now where a lot of people now are starting to realize that it's time for a change. But that's pretty much all the time I have uh, for today's episode. But we're going to wrap it up, and I hope you guys have a good rest of your day. Thanks.